0: The creators of Relevant Magazine. This is The Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, May 28th, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios on the ones and twos sitting in today. Clark Flippo. Hey, hey. Hey, man. Uh, over there on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Gatorland, Florida, Eddie Big Hat Koffeltz. Yes. Hello. It's see <laughs> and, it. and from Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, podcaster, yes, yes. cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs.
1: Good morning, gents.
0: Annie F. We little theater of the mind here. We can see you. Your oh hair gosh. looks
2: fantastic today. It does yeah. <laughs> it almost looks like you got a new tool to do your hair with? Yeah. Is it one of those wand things that everybody's talking about?
1: Here's the thing. I've never had brothers, but I bet it felt like this. Yeah, I bet this is exactly right. what it felt you like. They all love you nice. and respect
3: you, but when you come out of the bathroom and you have got a new fancy hairdo on, we're gonna right. say something.
1: <laughs> right,
2: you, right, by, right, by, right. By you never had brothers, that they treat you like this. You mean kind. Yeah. unprompted yeah, yeah, yeah. compliments, then... That's exactly right. I just never had, got this. You curious
3: about
1: very, your hair
0: care products?
2: Yeah, That's
1: right. You would Thank have been you very all for noticing that I got a wand.
0: There yeah, you go. It's really wild. Now, what, well. what, you know, what prompted the wand purchase, Annie F. Downs? <laughs> Perfect. Well, Thanks for going around. the round.
1: F-string. I just have always... I have always wanted um, the Beachy Wave. And I kept trying to get it with a curl iron and it wasn't happening. And... I started asking around and people were telling me wand. And so I got a wand and have really done some practice on it. So
0: the summer, you wanted the B2A for the summer. Yeah, I
1: want a 2 a for the summer. And so, so it is. We're working on it.
0: Did you debut this on Memorial Day yesterday? Ooh, good question. I
1: debuted it on Saturday, actually.
0: Memorial Day weekend, new look, new Annie. Yeah, yeah. I
1: brought it out for the the old holiday weekend.
0: New season, new Annie. Yeah
1: that's exactly right new there's a new sheriff in town summer is here and
2: so is my new wavy hair (laughs) are you using dry shampoo as well
1: uh yep
3: that's a thing that people are into now
1: yeah that's exactly right i I love the.
2: i've never used dry shampoo but i love the concept of it i love anything that, (laughs) that saves me you know 90 seconds of rinsing shampoo out of my hair. No, I think it's a fantastic it fantastic thing. You, no. Jesse. It saves you the
0: need to shower. You yeah, can get the whole ten
3: minutes. How, how do you not shower in a day? Like,
1: don't you? You spend- can still shower. It just, Jesse, your twelve minutes or twelve seconds of doing your hair went to wash it is not twelve seconds for me. Cause I have to wash it and condition it and dry it in 25 minutes.
2: I said I'd love the idea of dry leave-in shampoo. Like if we, if they had that one, I was like,
1: leave-in shampoo. You understand you don't do it. Does your wife not use dry shampoo? What is,
2: okay, (laughs) explain dry shampoo. He does not understand what it is.
1: I thought, yeah, like yeah, the way ahead, you're describing it. You tell us what you think it is. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and describe it. For
2: some reason, I was thinking it was some sort of shampoo that you squirt out of the box, you know, like the regular uh-uh. kind of, no. and uh-huh, you just no. wipe uh-huh. it in and it dries in yep. there. That's what I thought okay. it was. No, no, yeah. no, no, What no, no, is dry it's shampoo
3: it's then? It's a powder. Some people use like cornstarch. Yeah, it's
0: like a hairspray-ish type thing. It's in yes. an aerosol can, Jesse, and, and you can put that in your hair. Like if you missed your shower that morning or you didn't wash your hair, you put it in there and it like zhuzhes it up. Like it like yeah. it sucks up the grease. It gives you some volume and you can yeah. be in and out without having to like do your hair.
1: Gosh, I'm really enjoying y'all describing uh, dry shampoo. That would have been a game changer
2: for me in college. Like I would have right. been able to get, you know, four extra minutes of sleep every day had I known about that existing. So <laughs> I'm quite impressed, now, Danny.
3: I just do want to say it is the same as like taking that. What is that stuff that Fabrice? Spraying uh-huh. that all over, like let's say, like dog pee on the carpet, and saying that you've cleaned the carpet—it's not no, actually no. shampoo. It's just a—it's just lipstick, right? <laughs> no, 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 it
1: does actually deal with the grease and the and that part of your hair. So, no, but where
3: does it go then? It's all staying it, out there. It
1: absorbs it.
3: So then it's and just then you ab- just
1: shake it. in. you just it's oh. just like if you put uh, baby powder in your hair when you were a kid to. To deal with, did y'all do that as kids? To deal with, baby powder is the original dry shampoo. No,
2: baby powder in your hair only looks good when you want to do fake gray hair, and then it's hilarious. Yeah, when you want to do it all day. I look like Anderson Cooper (laughs) hair. Check it out. Silver Fox in it. So, yeah. Good thing
3: about my hair is that I am months away from having enough hair or a lack of hair that I don't really even have to like shampoo it. It just becomes part of the whole body wash. You know what I'm saying? months away.
0: What's happening in a few months with your hair?
3: I mean, I just getting older, I feel I feel like it's clicking out of here pretty, pretty quickly at, at the rate it's going. I think I've got I think I've got under 12 months before I really just don't have to consider hair as part of
2: the whole package anymore. The, you, know, you know, this taps into the big debate that was uh, lighting up the Internet this past week. Of,
1: <gasps> That's what I was about to say, too. Jessie, you know, go I mean, there. it's very
2: ironic that we're talking about the how sanitary it is to put powder in your hair and calling it clean. Um, because you guys saw the big debate that burned up the internet last week, which was, uh, you know, do you wash your legs in the shower? Yes or no. The Twitter poll that had like thousands of responses, you know, I think it was like 80-20 yes, but I think a lot of those people were just saying yes, but are really in the camp where they just let the soap run down
0: the legs. Wait, wait, wait. The the question was, do you actively lean down and wash, wash your, your legs, legs or do you just let your it be like the
2: runoff? And
1: your feet. It was a double yes. question. Or, or, yes.
2: or is it more like a car wash? If the soap rinses over it and you rinse it oh off, no. is, are, they, are the legs then clean? No. Wow. No. <laughs> Without
3: abrasion, there is, there is no cleanliness. You must have abrasion. Without in order.
1: abrasion, there is no cleanliness. What a lie. <laughs> if
3: I ever get merch made, that's what I'd like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, where do you stand on this debate?
1: I mean,
0: it's no question you have to bend over and, and yeah. take care of the, the skin. You, yeah. you, you got to wipe. You got you to wipe. You got you to rub. You uh-uh, got uh-uh, uh-uh. to shake that dirt off there. I think, he, there. You, I think, think gotta, you misunderstood
2: w- the question.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think we need to rephrase the question for Cameron.
3: <laughs> yeah, but just because shampoo and soap from your arms is going down over your legs, it doesn't mean like it's getting the dirt off.
2: Sometimes it's just flying above it. Well, here's you the thing. I wear pants them. most days, so it's not like I'm like you know sloshing through. Are you
0: advocating?
2: Yeah, but
1: you wear shirts most days, and you still clean your upper body.
0: Yeah. Are I you mean- advocating, Jesse, for the lack of of just? All I'm saying the is the
1: someone leg
2: and feet cleaning I I ha, I I I am not in that camp but it but I understand the people who are there I don't have a I don't have any issue with them I'm not going to I'm not going to ostracize them I think you know I I can see why they would consider that clean I mean, it's a lot of soap running down there, and it's a lot of water. And you know, the
1: difference for women is that we shave our legs, most of us. Yeah. And so you are in active communication with your legs far more on a regular basis as a woman <laughs> than a dude.
2: Yeah.
3: Yes. 100%. I, I had this You're entire conversation
1: with myself thinking about talking to y'all while shaving my legs.
3: <laughs> yeah, I've heard people don't use washcloths. They just use a bar of soap.
1: I just use a bar soap. Yeah, I've been guilty of that. There's
0: yeah. no abrasion. <laughs> We're back to the beginning. There's, get, there's contact <laughs> with a, a with an object. Yeah, but the soap is
3: pretty smooth. You just slip on soap. See, you don't for, slip on a washcloth. For wash
0: some cloth. reason, Eddie, this isn't the first time he's had this insane <laughs> but, but rant. You're assuming I, mean, I don't have exfoliating really? soap with like little like chuck, you know like <laughs> micro beads, micro. You know, well, I guess that's
3: different it. if you've got those little sand pieces or whatever. Even in if
2: not, right? right? that, right. that's yeah, abrasion. That's what mine
1: has mine has some abrasion built but, in. But right. Eddie's
2: acting as if we have the skin of reptiles and we need to like shed it <laughs> regularly, like <laughs> yes, like <laughs> old snakes. Like it doesn't work like that, Eddie. Like, I don't need to take sandpaper to my body to make it clean.
0: Although, although, Jesse, uh, you know, watching that uh, that, uh, LeBron James show The Shop on HBO where, like, the guys are all talking. Pharrell was on this last one. I told you about this. And Travis Scott asked him in the outtake, you know, grew up like, you know, he's like, Travis Scott said to Pharrell, man, I was like 12 years old thinking, How does Pharrell look so young? And like, how do you still look so young? He said, I heard, he said, when I was 12, I researched it online and found out that you just do cold water to the face every day. And, uh, Uh and Pharrell goes, well, yeah, cold water to the face, but you got to exfoliate, man. And so like that was his secret is you got to exfoliate. So maybe Eddie's on to something that like he, to look young and smooth like Pharrell, exfoliation is
3: the key. (laughs) There has got to be some at least dead skin and also uh, just kind of like surface level dirt abrasion. You cannot smooth
2: over it. Eddie takes probably three hour showers, and this conversation is <laughs> getting ridiculous. <laughs> like it makes no sense. We need to get a real scientist on here and ask him about this. My my exfol my my
0: my determination is how gross was I yesterday. Like if it's a normal mm-hmm. office day, I'm soap and water, and I'm good. If I'm like working in the yard, like this weekend, we're we're scrubbing,
1: we're we're really oh, yeah.
0: we're getting in there yeah. with the with the yeah. washcloth. Can,
1: speaking, can we talk for just a second? I know we don't like to throw back very much, but you had some men who were fishing right at the edge of your yeah. dock. Yeah, is this still a thing?
0: What's their level of cleanliness? The, very low. Uh, oh, they <laughs> they appeared on Saturday, and okay. I went out there again with the speaker. And oh walked it God. all the way to the dock, which was about 10 feet from them. And then I played techno music and they didn't come back all holiday weekend. So,
2: oh, wow.
1: Oh, wow. So, um, you've so done you, it.
2: So, you, you, you've realized they have an aversion to like uh, EDM.
0: Yeah, EDM <laughs>
2: and, and, and quietly
0: fishing in my backyard uh, do not go well. So, yeah. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, message was sent and received. We'll see. Yeah. But, okay. um, Did you guys have really- a good holiday weekend? Did you have fun Memorial Day? I assume, oh. Annie, you had some sort of like fireworks extravaganza with friends at the I lake wish. or something. I
1: did. I didn't because I was traveling. I had a great weekend. I traveled and spoke uh, at a church on Sunday morning. Um, but I played with my friends. I had a good time. But no, we didn't have fireworks, which is really hard for me.
2: That is, that is. Fireworks
1: is, is not sad. for
3: Memorial Day. I know, oh, but, but fireworks are, Cameron, are good for eating. Yeah, hey, kick it off the home. summer. That's there's it. never
0: yeah. a wrong. Exactly if you're gathering friends and you're and there's a grill, like shoot some fireworks off. Why not? Man, yeah. there is just yeah, something great yeah. about
1: summer. I, I know with fireworks oh, are always appropriate in the summer. So we will we will get them out. But we did not this weekend. Did y'all Did y'all shoot off fireworks? No, I just. I heard fi-
2: I heard fireworks going. On. I I had my fireworks fill in Montana a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I yeah. had. You've... I had. I had Eddie's worst possible weekend, which meant <gasps> hanging <gasps> out with neighbors and a little oh. cul-de-sac cookout. Oh. Eddie Eddie likes to live in his. Ivory Tower there in Gainesville, <laughs> staring down on the people who are unfortunate enough to have purchased a home in close proximity. Did, to him. did you know these people, <laughs> or were you just meeting them at the grill? <laughs> no, no, I knew them. I, okay. I, I actually know my neighbor, Eddie, and we're 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 quite close. And, they, yeah. No,
0: that's the thing. Like we're in Montana, and and Jesse was getting like he's like on a text string with like the guys who happen to live on his street, saying, "Hey, uh-huh. we're gonna go out to the pub on Friday," and like they, they all hang out, like. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I don't, don't know cousins. why that's so weird for because I've I've like mentioned that
2: to you guys before, like I, I, you know, in casual conversation, and you guys are think that's so weird. Annie, do you think this is weird? To, to- I love it.
1: No, I think it's great.
3: Yeah, I mean, we, purposed, we moved close to one of our closest friends, so I also like one of my neighbors, and they do that stuff too, where but they you- like bring people from the neighborhood over, and it's all right. The problem is, is if it backfires, and you're like, ugh. Now I got to know this super crazy weirdo and and I can't escape the party cuz they live right. right there.
2: You're, you're right Eddie. It's better to assume the worst case scenario and just yeah. avoid meeting people together. I agree. Like I think every person I meet, like when I'm at church, oh you know, goodness. or you know, they turn around to greet the person around you. You know what? I'm I'm hands are going in the pocket. I'm going to or I'm getting on my phone acting like I'm texting because no. all of these churchgoers could be no, 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 crazy no, no. people doing who the, I doing don't want to know. Doing the
0: hello at church is no different than just waving hello to the neighbor as they walk their dog or something. That's fine. We're not you going to lunch names? with the random person who sat behind me at church. You know do what I'm saying? Exchange, yeah, I'm do not, you exchange names with them? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no. usually it's just, good morning. morning. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Uh, uh, That's the whole point. You're supposed to say, <laughs> greet them with your name. No. Nah. Uh, big oh, update behind the scenes. Um, yeah? Clark has been knocked off. And Chandler has appeared
1: <gasps> Chandler yeah.
0: Chandler oh. there you go so, Chandler, where, buddy. Have you, where have you been this morning <laughs> um, Just a real simple question. we just started on time and then he yeah. showed up yeah traffic was worse than usual so I, I just guys, to be clear for 20, everyone listening we we so. we start at ten a.m. Eastern, which
3: yeah. is pretty deep into your typical work day but <laughs> I'm sorry traffic
1: was bad Chandler. <laughs> Chandler, I'm just glad you're here,
2: pal. Yeah, we're glad you made it.
0: Uh, We have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, Louis Giglio joins us. Uh, He has a new book coming out uh, called Not Forsaken, and uh, we talked to him about that. So stay tuned, Louis Giglio. All right, well, moving the show along, it is time for Slices. Slices. All right,
2: what do you have, Jesse? Guess what? It's a twofer, and the first one is about is an update on one of my favorite organizations, the International Flat Earth Association. I uh, thought it was Flat, they, flat they, Earth
0: Society. It's yeah, association.
2: Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. This is actually uh, this is put on by the Flat Earth Inter- International Conference. So it's this big international. Oh, I love conference it. that's coming up in, in 2020, and they have speakers and celebrities from the from the Flat Earth world. I don't know if you guys saw that Netflix documentary that's going around about the flat earth society but the no. people in that, in no, that man, documentary are going to be there uh you know all the popular flat earth podcasters are going to be there but they've also announced a very uh a, a very significant new initiative that will uh be taking place at the same time as the the flat earth international conference and that is a cruise to the edge of the earth. Literally. They're calling oh, this one of the gosh. most significant moments in the movement's history. Oh, it's, is, it's the, like a, is, what's that Jim Carrey movie where he just
3: hits the end of the wall? The Truman Show. They think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. They're just, it's just the boat kind of bumps <laughs> into a cloud. Oh. Well, that,
2: that's right. So according to the Flat Earth Society, at the edge of the the world, which is, is kind of shaped like a Frisbee, is like a Frisbee, like a disc, are giant ice walls that hold the oceans in, and wow. that, you know, according that. to them, no one's you know, no one that isn't involved in the conspiracy of of perpetuating the uh, myth of the the globe has ever been to the ice wall. So this will be a chance to once and for all prove to the world that there is an ice wall at the edge of of what we I know as planet so Earth. So I mean, this could, I mean. I like it because this could potentially be the end of the flat earth movement. Like it's a bittersweet thing because obviously they're, they're not going to get to the ice wall, but I like that they're putting their money where their mouth is. The only other guy we've seen do this is that dude who shot the steam powered rocket up in the air and tried to get a good look at things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lived to tell about. I did love him. I really respected his moves. Yeah, unfo- he was, he was planning on running for mayor of California. Unfortunately, his experiment was inconclusive mayor so. of California. You say, no, yeah. yeah, he's gonna he's gonna uh, reorganize the whole government system. We're gonna have oh. mayor oh, of wow.
3: California. Uh, no, that makes yeah.
0: sense. I, what do, Jesse? Do you know? Give us some details. What is the path that they're taking to tr- supposedly reach the edge? Where are they east. going? <laughs> they're going <laughs> east. Yeah, I
2: I don't know that they've like determined that they, they haven't give like a ton of details, but I I believe the conference is out in California. So I assume from I assume from California
0: that if you just so start heading
2: west in a cruise ship, you'll eventually hit the ice wall.
0: So so ah. how long are they saying the cruise will be?
2: They they haven't determined how long they're going to be out to sea for.
0: But I don't they think they have they're to have fuel and supplies and food. I mean, like they have to have some sort of itinerary. You know, yeah. Yeah,
2: I well they, right. they haven't released like all of the details yet in terms of their de- I, But uh, here here's the thing these are people who are getting in a boat to go to the ice wall at the edge of the of the world. It wouldn't shock me if they didn't have all the details worked out. You know? They've <laughs> neglected a few things along the way that wouldn't be completely <laughs> shocking to me.
0: I'm just trying to think 'cause like the transatlantic ones where they reposition the chi- the ships from like the Mediterranean to the Caribbean, those are yeah. like ten days. So if you're going west by the time you hit Asia, you're talking 2 weeks. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And so
1: they committed come back. to seeing the edge of the world. It's you, know, you know you know what I,
0: yeah.
3: I like is it's going to be there's going to be somewhere in the middle of week 6 or whatever when <gasps> they realize, "Oh my gosh, we have totally gone to the other side of the planet." And in just in the middle of the night, they're going to turn the boat around and everybody's going to wake up. And they're like, yep, it was in the middle of the night last night. And we totally hit an ice wall and we turned around and <laughs> we did it, you guys. Earth is still we flat. Took
1: pictures. Look here on the screens.
2: Yep, we did it. Look, it's all. We can show you back. all the
1: pictures. I'll Check say it, it, it was cold out
2: there. It's cold but ice wall, but <laughs> it was wild. Can't Head on believe it. I can't Everything's tell. Flat. I,
0: I still can't tell if, if the people who go on the cruise are like self-aware. They're doing it for the irony or like if they are actual Like, drank the Kool-Aid believers of this conspiracy, you know? Yeah. Like, is everybody in on it? You know what I mean? Like, we're like, okay, wink, wink. We're the Flat Earth Cruise, you know?
2: No, no. It's gotten beyond that. Like, it's legitimately people who believe this. I mean, there there are people who have staked their whole life on exposing this
0: conspiracy. I just can't. I can't wrap my head around it. And if
3: you're a flat earther and you listen to this podcast, I would urge you to heavily, heavily engage with us on social media because (laughs) nothing would make me happier than to watch you light up all relevant social media with your conspiracy theories.
1: (laughs) I would love that too. And I, you know, (laughs) I just think it's so interesting. I always get yelled at when I say that I think it's interesting by the internet, but I just think it's fascinating.
2: Like what? What? What part of it do you think that's fascinating? That people actually believe this? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah.
1: That there's that there are people who are smart, kind, good citizens who are very convinced this is true. Yeah. And I just think that is fascinating. I know.
2: Yeah. I, but I will say this. I would rather go on this cruise than so many other themed cruises. Like so many of those <laughs> themed cruises just seem. And this actually will lead into my other slice. Like if you could say. Oh, a twofer. If you uh, could uh, say yeah. uh, I could go either go on the DC Talk reunion cruise or yes, the Flat yes. Earth cruise. Yes, it's yes. not even close. It is yeah. not even close. I
3: yeah. 100% am going on the Flat Earth cruise because I need to see. Inside, what is happening? Like, do they all get together and just have a good laugh about this when they know no one's watching,
2: or what what are they laughing at? Like, everyone's laughing at them, like, right? They are just like,
3: they, they all just put up a picture of the globe taken from like an Apollo space mission. They're like, Yeah, yeah, oh, we know it's around. This is just a hilarious joke that we've all just bought into, like, or did they really? I'm curious, like, what evidence are they presenting to each other? What does the slideshow talk look like? What are they right. doing it, you know, behind closed doors? I'd want to go to this.
2: I, I, here's the thing. If you're asking me to spend multiple weeks with people who believe in the flat earth so much that they'll take a cruise to a mythical ice wall or people that paid several thousand dollars to watch DC Talk play again, I'm choosing yeah. the Flat Earthers. Like, if that's, the, if that's how you're measuring this, would you rather hang out with yeah. these type of people or these type of people? Yeah. Give me Flat Earthers all day. Yeah, and, I'm and sitting that,
3: by the pool drinking a Mai Tai with Meta World Peace every single day. Like, he's a, yeah, like yeah, that's right. an interesting cruise.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so that actually, speaking of DC Talk, that leads me into slice number two. Um, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I, I had to do both of these because they're both too funny not to talk about okay uh i'm gonna name four bands eddie let me know what you think they have in common <laughs> yeah, i i know what they have in common go
1: i'm really Jars about of clay
2: this. dc talk petra white Whiteheart. heart what do those four bands have in common i mean they're all the i would say the soundtrack
3: of my my youth and middle adulthood
2: Cameron, Annie, what are your thoughts about those four CCM legends? Well, I know the I know the news, so I, I, I sadly
1: know as well because I follow relevant, <laughs> relevant on Twitter. And, but and,
2: uh, there's Dan been
4: a
0: Hasseltine, new development this Dan morning. Has- Dan Hasseltine from Jars went was not happy about. <laughs> Our coverage this morning. <laughs> on Twitter. Really? So here's, so yeah, here's well, what happened. They announced.
3: Hold on, hold on, Cameron. Can you give us a tiny bit more?
2: Just no, a tiny no, I, bit more. That's part of the slice. Don't worry.
0: Okay. It's okay, coming, okay. It's okay. coming. Please. So <laughs> I love so that I, junk. So I, woke, I woke up to a lot of mentions this morning. So
2: yeah. some <laughs> oh, wow. that too. Yeah. I saw it too. And I and, and <laughs> I wanted to talk about this because we have found ourselves in a beef with jars of clay. That's the real uh, slice I here. Why? Uh, right. right. I love that, those That's okay. I want I'm going to explain that. So jars of clay, DC talk, Petra White. Heart, members of each of those bands have announced that they are forming uh, a, a Christian rock super group. OK, it's it's Kevin Mac. Notably, I feel like most notably for our readers, Kevin Max and Daniel Hasseltine from DC Talk and Jars of Clay are involved. I love Dan. Yeah. And so they're yeah. going to start this uh, this Christian rock super group and play covers of, of the songs that they made famous. Sure. It, no big deal. So we 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 sure, obviously no we were going to do a, a write about this and tweeted about it. Now, let me ask you guys if you think this is particularly mean spirited, because if OK, it, it, Annie, if you had to put jars of clay into a genre distinction, what would you say the type of music that jars of clay makes is?
1: I, I you're asking me to get in the middle of a fight that I don't want to be in the middle. of. You're involved. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. you um, into this. You have I to think make a decision. that make. Christian rock music.
2: Okay, here's what here's what I over the weekend I was promoting this story and I said, uh huh, I said like DC Talk, Petro, Whiteheart, and I you know the CCM superstar reunion tour is happening. Prepare to get rocked softly, Uh like (laughs) I soft rock.
0: I don't feel... <laughs> hey, hey, I still That's go to good. the grocery store and hear Jars of Clay music. I mean, it's yeah. perfect soft rock. It's great. I, I, right. If
2: if you're if you like, hey, the the genre of music of soft rock, name one band that personifies that. I'd be like, probably Jars of Clay. They rock pretty uh-huh.
0: softly. Uh, like flood, flood was a banger. Yeah. But after that, they kind of chilled out a little but
2: bit. But I mean, they may
3: consider themselves more like Americana or something like that. But no. it's definitely like... In the rockish, I mean, but like if I left the zoo, it sounded like some sort of like pop, Beatles thing. Like, pop,
2: there's a, pop rock, maybe. <laughs> is it like pop, pop rock? I mean, it's, yeah, like, it's yeah. pop. I it mean, is, it's, yeah. You know. But for but for some reason, Dan Hasseltime, the the front man for Jars of Clay, was not happy about being says being told that he rocks people softly. He <laughs> uh-huh. took to, he took to Twitter. And he called us a quote unquote edgy, edgy publication and accused us of getting funding from colleges that don't allow students to dance. Like in his mind, we are being underwritten by the city council from Footloose. Like so this isn't a slice. Is,
1: you just want to have a fight on the podcast. No, hold on. <laughs> so let's let's let that break you down don't though. have the other side of the fight on the podcast. To fight there are, oh. No,
2: that's not how this works, Annie. He threw there a, a, a punch punch to, on Twitter. There are schools that I'm take advertising. Back
1: is hard like our
2: president has taught us. I'm sorry. What did you say, Eddie? <laughs> there are schools, though, that advertise, I'm sure,
3: within the pages or whatever, you know, website of relevant that may have strict rules for their kids. But it's not like we are out looking like we're like okay let's scour the world for schools that don't let kids dance and then those are our only sponsors Listen,
2: i will say this and i don't want to speak for uh i don't want to speak for relevant or the ad sales team but if there are any schools that forbid dancing that would like to fund us entirely we are ready for your phone yeah, call come like, on we bring will on. we will hear you out
3: we'll take it all
2: no dancing we're no, good yeah, no, exactly. Please give us a call. But no, we have found ourselves in the beef of a lifetime with the CCM uh, super group. I woke, yeah, I woke up to this morning just like you, Cameron, shocked and kind of
0: excited to find ourselves in this. type Clearly. Of beef, you know, I like, I like Dan Hasseltine. I, I, he's great. Yeah, I've, he's great. I've known him professionally for the whole run of Relevant. I've always liked him. I like their music. They were always kind of like the good Christian group. In my mind, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like
3: they, j- they played at relevant studio, like within five years ago. They're not
2: like they're. That. Mm. Jars I mean, hasn't. Ke- Kevin did. Kevin played in the relevant studio. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin did. Max, yeah, 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 not
0: yeah. jars. Yeah,
2: yeah. But I like I like generally. Dan Hasseltime time too. I think he's one of the softest rockers the world has ever oh my seen. Gosh. And why are you
0: doubling down, man? I'm trying to smooth it out. <laughs> no, he. This is personal. <laughs> this is personal you so
2: what's I your think size? soft rock this I think. Is soft a, rock one of the weirder a, parts
1: about you, Jesse, is how much you love this kind of stuff. That's why I'm think, dying to know you're any of your Indiana I don't know why
2: I don't know why he thinks soft rock is an insult. There's a lot of great soft rock bands. Cameron Eddie, you guys seem like you're, you know, neutral in this. Annie, you seem Wait. very yeah. against this feud. Annie seems the most upset.
1: Well, as an Enneagram 7, I don't like pain, so I don't want to I, fight. I love pain. I love, pain,
2: I love conflict. I love going blow to blow with a guy <laughs> like Dan. But no, but no, but he is like he's written for us uh, a lot during the past
0: yeah. Yeah. time, you know? Yeah. Well, he likes to write for those, quote unquote, edgy publications that get their uh-huh. funding from universities that don't allow dancing. Yeah. September 2013. <laughs> that's
1: pretty good. I'll give him. I'll give him that. That's a pretty funny yeah. thing to say. Pretty
0: funny. Yeah. Pretty
3: good. Yeah. September 2013. Uh, they played in Relevant Studios, and you can hear how hard they rocked. Really? I mean, real, real <laughs> hard. Yeah. I know because they met my kids, and I just looked it up. Yeah. Jars but of they, Clay. Jars of Clay played in the Relevant Studios September 2013. Oh. <laughs> and, and it was the hardest rock show you've ever seen. It, we. They literally. We. That's why we had to move out of the old building. They just Uh-oh. burned the place down. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. well done, guys. <laughs> just left it in a pile of rubble after just being rocked. <laughs> Faces rocked right off the
4: stairs. Oh, yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. What do you have, Eddie? The best well, people. I mean,
3: <laughs> I could have stayed on that forever. But I um, there was an interesting survey that came out that is if uh, very quintessential Bummer Town survey but i'm gonna just do this because i'm a four and i'm okay living in this kind of stuff um so it was a kind of an organization that focuses on counseling and counseling issues and they did a survey of like 2,000 adults and they asked them a real simple question they asked them if they have someone who they can turn to uh to confide in and i think generally would say like oh yeah i bet most people have someone to confide in but it found out that a quarter of people said that they do not have anyone that they can <gasps> confide in. Not one it,
1: person and to
3: share their true feelings. And 90 percent of those surveyed said that they downplay their emotions, even to those that they are confiding in so that they don't worry them. So I, I was curious about this because it's really saying and, and there are a lot more stats and we can get to it throughout the slice if we want to. But just generally and initially, how does that strike you? One in four people. To say that there is is—that means no- one
1: of us sitting here would say yeah. they have no one
3: no one to confide in, yeah. yeah, well, I have someone, but it's very hard to do i I mean, I get it, I could see it would be easier to have no one, but do you all have someone like a person who even if it's ugly, gross truth
2: about you, you can confide in them? Yeah. Yes, I do, yeah, for sure. One in four, so four seems like a shockingly high number. Yeah, is this yeah.
1: a faith uh, based thing, Eddie, or is it humans it is in general?
2: Not humans in general. I would it, be
1: so it, interested if Barna took this and asked the same thing to faith people to see if mm-hmm. it was, if the ratio is different. Cause I feel like built into our belief system is confess your sins one to another. Right. Which yeah. doesn't yeah. always feel fun and doesn't mean everybody does it, but there is this like um, uh, one of the central tenets of, community in the christian space is telling the truth to each other
3: and even baked into my you know 90s christian experience was like that accountability partner thing which i still think is valid and great but at the time in college like you had to have one of those people so i like i got used to like sitting down with peter and just letting it all out and seeing how it worked (laughs) like i think there's a sense that we're able to do that but an, an interesting thing also it said Participants between the ages of 18 and 30 are much more withdrawn than participants who are 15 years, 50 years and older when discussing discussing anxiety topics. So, in other words, younger, they had a harder time uh, talking about these anxiety provoking topics. People that were 50 and up seem to be able to open up more. Again, another shocking finding. I, I was like, really? I, yeah. I, yeah, I wonder I'm if just, that, I, yeah. I wonder
0: if the social media component has something to do with that. Where like they're used to uh, sharing yeah, a it. persona mm-hmm. of themselves, a version of the of reality, not the true self. Um, yeah. You know, I that's mean, just like kind of bred we, into.
2: Yeah, you know. let's say like. Someone really hurt you by accusing you of rocking softly, right. and do you just
1: do you just blow
2: you just blow off that steam online, or do you give somebody a call because that's a dick? Right. Yeah. Well, no, no, but no, I I do think, but no, for real, (laughs) no, for real, that wasn't an insult. They do rock softly. There's nothing Mm. insulting. No, no, but Annie, I think to your point, it is interesting how like Christians would uh, respond to that specifically because I do feel like it's either one of two ways. Like, like you said, Eddie, a lot of Christians are conditioned to have some sort of like accountability partner or someone in their life that they feel is in some sort of like mentor capacity that they can talk about things to. But I also feel like. There's people on the other side of it who like feel like there's a real pressure to keep, um, you know, maybe their their self image or their reputation and might be hesitant to confide in personal flaws to other people because they don't want to be seen as someone who has weakness or I'm not saying that's a good thing. But I think there's probably some people you know, within the church that they also suffer from that side of it too, that they don't want to seem flawed and vulnerable to their fellow Christians, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That is such a part of leadership in the church is who can you actually tell? Who is it actually safe to tell what you're struggling with that won't cost you your job?
3: Yeah. 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 Oh man. Yeah. No kidding.
0: And I think I've always wondered that about pastors. Like how can a pastor who might be struggling with something like actually truthfully confide that in somebody?
1: Yeah. Right.
3: I mean, I don't, unless it's another pastor or someone from another church, I don't um I, People will disagree about this, but I think it is extremely hard to set up um, sy- systems of that level of accountability within people in your own congregation, even people that are yeah. on your own like board because everybody has something to gain or lose by your, health or you know unhealth yeah right yeah everybody
2: yeah and and i mean it makes you appreciate the exercise like in catholicism like the exercise of like confessions you know Mm -hmm. where it's just part of the the faith experience is being able to have an avenue to confess your sins where it's not like Awkward, like, hey, I'm. I, if I got to just call my pastor and be like, hey, I need to tell you about something I slipped up in. Like, right. there, there's still like a degree of awkwardness there where, the, you know, you can see you can see why something like having organized confessions would be a valuable spiritual exercise, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah. And I just think it's also up to the leaders, the male and female leaders, to have a system in place with people in your church or with people in your life where you You just have to start saying the things to people and and having the conversations of is this can I say this to you and it be safe? Or you know, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't feel like a one stop solution, but it certainly feels like if we want to protect our leaders from being just eaten alive by secret sin, we have to give them a place to talk about it that does not cost them their jobs. You know, the cancel the whole cancel culture (laughs) idea, right? I mean, we we just can't automatically cancel someone because they make a bad decision or have sin in their life. We've got to give them space or their secret sin will kill them and their congregation in a lot of situations. But at what
0: point, I mean, I would assume counseling would be a place like that. You know, Like there's it's, you can confide in a counselor, even if you're a pastor about things and it wouldn't leave that room. But at what point, I mean, if it's like ongoing or it's enlarging, you know, it's like, okay, cool. I'm confessing it. But like, no, you're actually not fit for ministry right now. You need to step down for a season. But there's no accountability. I mean, it's almost like you're enabling the person to stay in their position
1: with. Yeah. And then it's, do they have the courage to go back to their people and say what is true? You know, well, you got to care about your soul more than you care about your career. But but somebody who's deeply unhealthy
0: probably doesn't. You know, they, they want right. to protect what they have because they, you know, they're afraid of losing it all. And so, well, and it's know. attached to their livelihood,
2: too. That's you know? right. Like that's a right. lot of pastors, if they weren't in ministry, might not know, you know, kind of right off the top of their head what they would even do to support themselves and their right. families. And so, like, right. they, they, you know, it's incentivized secrecy in some, to some degree. You so, know?
1: that's one of the joys of while we're here talking to pastors who are 28 <laughs> yeah. and pastors who are pre getting there start right now telling people the truth before you have deep secret sin that you don't know how to get out of that risks how your family will be provided for start right now when there is issues but not not where it could go if you keep it secret into your 30s
3: yeah. and and I think that that also applies to people that are not in church leadership there is it is there is always there is always a feeling that we've got something to lose. If we are honest about the real stuff in our life, we're going to lose the relationship or our well-being or any other number of things. I think that the the discipline and the necessity for openness is pretty critical. And this study Mm -hmm. saying that people I mean, this study almost backs that up, like how hard it is and how few people are able to actually do it um you know it's pretty it's pretty shocking and additionally they said that three and four people said that they were hesitant to go to therapy because of the stigma around it mm-hmm. and you know yeah. and people were no saying it's too that. expensive and i don't have time which i understand too but i mean it really is the survey was shocking to me because i just guess i live around a group of people and chat with you all and everybody's pretty open and we all have talked about you know, we've gone to therapy a million times, and that's just part of the vernacular. But that does not seem to be the norm outside of the circles that I ra- travel in.
0: I was I was watching uh, an interview. I guess he kind of made the rounds for a book or something. Howard Stern was doing interviews, and I saw yeah. one he did on CNN, and he was like talking to the interviewer about how he th- feels like um, he's known Donald Trump for decades, and and he said, and he said, I just really feel like he would benefit from going to psychoanalysis and he just kept yeah, using, I saw
1: the, same thing. He kept using
0: the phrase psychoanalysis and like instead of just ther- therapy or counseling, like it, yeah. just, it almost makes it sound scary and medical and you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, like they're going to put wires on you and like I don't know. It's just like, that's I think the common perception of counseling, like it's like yeah. psychoanalysis or you're going to see a shrink or, you know, it's like it's yeah. scary and weird, you know? But Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, but but I, I think to a degree, like, you know, that's why I've seen like some people have like an aversion to something like the Enneagram because, you know, it has this association of like, oh, it's this kind of weird numeric thing that is applying some sort of, um, you know, method that to, to, you know, identify personality types that they don't really understand when in reality it's it's not overly medical or it's not, you know, you know, just some kind of ancient thing. And it can actually help you understand yourself better and can be practically applied. I think when you look at things that like, you know, like the the Enneagram or the idea of like psychoanalysis, it can be intimidating for people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when the reality is like, look, there are real tools and real professionals out there that can help you understand yourself better and help you understand maybe why you have a propensity to do certain things. And here's ways that you can kind of correct
0: that behavior. Yeah. Interesting. All right. What do you have, Annie?
1: Well, equally as important, not at all. (laughs) Um, You guys, I think you know this about me, but I got a new, I moved into a new house a few months ago. And something that a couple of my friends have kind of been uh, bugging me about is getting an alarm system and having some sort of like, because I'm gone so much and blah, blah, blah. My, especially some of the dudes that are in my life are like, we need you to get an alarm system. We would feel better about your life if you had an alarm system in your house. And yeah, in a very nice way. I mean, they're just some men who like care for me and feel protective of me. Annie,
2: as someone, as someone who also cares about your well-being, May I suggest, if, if you're not into the security system idea, the least you could do is booby trap your house like Kevin McAllister every time that's you right. got in town. That's I feel, right. like, I I feel assume. like that's yeah. obvious, but okay. I, for some reason, I feel like you need someone to tell you that. Yep. The okay, paint yes. can on the you're string will swing down the yeah. stairs on yeah. the front yeah. door opens.
0: Yeah. Ready to, you know...
1: Give concussions thumb, to, thumb to anyone underneath
2: yeah.
0: every window, Annie, before yeah. you leave yeah. town. Just <laughs> Christmas. Y'all's
1: brotherly yeah. concern today is just extreme, and I I'm know, grateful. I um, so I found this story, and I thought this was great because there's a... I want y'all to figure... This is... You're getting to solve a crime, pretty much, is what you're about okay. to get to Ooh. do, which I know is kind of a dream of Jesse's particularly. Listen, a guy in Boston got home a couple of weeks ago, and... He he'd like gone to go pick up his son from school. And when he came home, their front door was unlocked and they had left it locked. And he'd only been gone for like an hour or something. And when they went inside, nothing had been stolen. But the house had been cleaned. <laughs> did you all see this story? What?
3: Yes. yes. Was it? Yeah. Was it like a cute like a friend trying to like do a nice welcome home present? Or did like someone break in and clean? Yeah,
1: he doesn't know. His son's room had been cleaned. All the rugs were vacuumed. Everything was put away. And none of the neighbors saw anything. No one saw anybody go in. None of that. But it was like he was so sh- so sure that like there were uh, where the toilet paper rolls are. Someone had created those little like toilet paper roses. Like,
2: <laughs> like oh, literally they wow. cleaned his
1: whole house and then left. And that is... What do you guys think happened? For
2: for some reason, and can
1: that person be the person who breaks into my house? Can for some
2: reason, I don't know why, but like when you're like describing this slice and you're talking about everything that had been cleaned in the house, vacuuming the 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 the, the kids' bedroom, straightened yeah. up, like all of that seems like oh, this is a charming little story. I don't know why, but when you when you move to the fact that there were toilet paper roses, this became absolutely chilling for some and reason. And here's the other like, chilling part: like, okay, they th- didn't this,
1: touch the kitchen. They didn't clean the kitchen. Wow. They did not ha- They did not touch the kitchen. Just every other room got cleaned. That
0: makes no, no
3: sense. No, that is very... <laughs> the right? theory just went out the window. I thought maybe somebody hired a cleaning yeah. person. Right. Or, yeah. That's right. what I yeah. thought. Like a good
2: friend who like... Yeah, yeah. Copy the and 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 it.
1: Yeah. Or,
2: or, or it was like someone had hired a house cleaner to come, you know, and right. they just went to the wrong house and cleaned the wrong house. I like, could see how that yeah. can be followed. Like a few years ago... We were having like family pictures taken, you know, like it was after I think. Were you, you
0: wearing know? white shirts and khakis on the beach?
1: On the beach, Obviously, oh, so obviously. yeah, for sure. Because
0: pictures, his engagement so. photo was that exact outfit. I, I was, no, 100%. Say, that, it, was own, it
3: was in an Oprah Network uh, like frame for years. Still, it was, it's it was, by, it's it, it, on
0: it's on the credenza behind my desk. It's uh, really beautiful. It's on As I, Oprah, as I Oprah. said, they
2: were family pictures. So what else will we wear, camera That's, that's right, our family pictures, so all year. matching white shirts.
0: No, but we, the the
2: photographer had come over and she was like, I just had a weird experience down the street. She's like, I, I punched in your your address on my phone wrong and I. I showed up to a house with all my camera equipment. It was like an like an older couple there. And she's like, hey, I'm here for the photo shoot. And they just looked at me and were like, okay, come on in. And so like, I, I literally sat up in their living room. I literally sat up in the living room and was like, okay, where's the baby? Because she knew she was going to be talk, you know, taking pictures of the baby. And the people were like, oh, we don't have a baby. And, and they had just, like, assumed that the other one had, for some reason, scheduled oh, a photo shoot. Oh, and both of them are in the same room. But, like, it's like the the, the husband didn't want to, like, let on to the wife, like, I forgot about this. You know, she must- <laughs> said this is, and the wife um, is in the same boat they neither wanted to be the one that said I didn't remember this so right. they, they I mean she said she was there for at least 15
0: minutes setting that's up for the that's my favorite shoot. that's amazing yeah, yeah. That but all I have to say
2: Annie this could have been that scenario where the house uh-huh. cleaner well, just went in? to the wrong house how'd know? they get in yeah.
0: though
2: Maybe. yeah
1: how'd they get in and why didn't they just do the kitchen why didn't they finish? Yeah, Why did they only do toilet paper roses and nothing was and missing clean the bedrooms? Nothing was missing, Ew. but he's changed his locks and he says he still opens the cabinet slowly in case they left anything behind, which I'm like, what do you think they did? <laughs> Put cats in all your cabinets yeah, and you're yeah. going to open them and they're going to jump out. Yeah. But yeah, they just did. I think the toilet paper roses are chilling and then the, the uncleaned kitchen is terrifying.
3: Because that's yeah. where you start. Like if you're going to clean your own house for people yeah. to come over, yeah, you are yeah, generally yeah. you're going to start there and just and make sure that, that like, yeah. last night's spinach whatever isn't on the floor. You're going to do all the normal stuff. That's right. Maybe you came right.
0: home in the middle of them cleaning and they had to abort and go out the back door or something. Oh no, that's
1: interesting. Maybe.
3: Yeah, Chandler, that's
1: as good a theory got it as you
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: But still, how they get in. And, and here's the thing like, I know breaking and entering is a crime, but if, if, if like they caught this person, would that be the only charge? Cause they didn't steal anything. I mean, I don't right? think it's a they crime didn't take to clean a single somebody's thing home. That he
1: can find. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre.
0: It's like a random, I think it's a random act of kindness. Like a friend did this, mm. somehow got a copy of the key, did it as a funny prank, but also an act of kindness. But the unclean kitchen is what's baffling to me. I can't yeah. figure right? that out. Yeah. Like, it's just a I bad. Know cleaning service or right. Did but they intentionally cl- clean the kids
3: room? That's the weird thing is like, that's a room that right. you're like, well, if they had skipped the kid, the 12 yeah. year old
0: boys room, okay. something
2: right. unsettling about this. Because yeah, no that's, no, that's no that's random, right. no we're random gonna, act of kindness starts with a home invasion. We're going right. to take the, <laughs> we're going to take the no. time
0: to do the rose petals and the toilet paper roll. but right. Not take the time to wipe down the kitchen. That's the weirdest right. part. Yeah. So what, In- like mm-hmm. a rush cleaning, you know what I mean? I, because they
2: took no, no, the no. Time. They took
1: time to make the roses. Yeah. They just did not touch the kitchen. A um,
0: lot of this hinges
2: on those roses, and that's why I find them so. <laughs> he kept
1: unsettling. them. He kept them as souvenirs. He kept all the toilet paper roses. <laughs> I, I have cleaners is... who,
0: who come and and they do. They like to do the roses, and I ask them to stop because it, it's just weird. I don't like. You don't, the don't like the roses? No, no, no. I've never now now roses. they do a, a little triangle. They yeah, just, I get the triangle. Yeah. 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 Huh. Mm. Anyway. Well, there you go. Baffling.
1: Baffling. Really here to bring you the good news, everybody.
0: Annie, I feel like this
2: is your true crime beat. I feel like you need to go down the rabbit hole and figure this one out. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you really need to invest some serious time in this. Obviously, this this is going to need to take precedent over everything else you have going on. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you're right.
1: I should probably, let me just get my assistant to clear my day. And we'll just dig now hard you're into this. Now you're talking. Yeah, you're now right. You're
0: All right. Well, uh-huh. that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Louis Giglio joins us. Listen to, you know, the song is "Sunlight." At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Yesayer with the song Ecstatic Baby. Well, today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. You can even design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin, uh, including all the tools you need to track inventory, process orders, and send custom emails in one intuitive interface. Squarespace Commerce allows you to understand every aspect of your business. Right now, Squarespace uh, is offering relevant podcast listeners a special deal. You can go to squarespace.com relevant for a free trial. When you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I've used Squarespace for years. You'll like it. Louis Giglio is the pastor of Passion City Church in Atlanta and author of the new book, Not Forsaken, Finding Freedom as the Sons and Daughters of a Perfect Father. We recently spoke with Louis about the book and how framing our primary view of God as a loving father can change our outlook on life, faith, and our personal callings. Uh, Jesse, you talk to him.
2: Yeah, I was I was really interested uh, in his approach to this book, because, you know, as we were kind of talking, he's, you know, as he kind of put it into context, everyone has a father, everyone has someone in their life that. Um, you know, when they think about what it means to, to, to have a father, you know, they have an individual connected to that, but, you know, kind of how he wanted to position this book is it's so important to have a correct view of God as a father, because it really frames your entire faith. And here, here's, here's how he, he put it.
4: Yeah, well, the main idea, you know, behind the book is that we can know God as a perfect father. And I've been sharing that message, I, I want to say, for 30 years. It really impacted me when I was a college student. Um, one of my mentors was sort of channeling A.W. Tozer, and Tozer's the one who said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And he went on to say why. In the same quote, he said, we tend, by secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. And that rocked my world because I knew all these attributes about God, but I didn't really quite know how to put my arms around things like everlasting and uh, sovereign and just. And once I realized that Jesus was helping me see and helping us see that God is a Father who embodies all these characteristics and attributes, then I realized, oh, okay, this is a God I can know and I can know Him intimately. So it's not just like a person I can know, but I can know Him like a son or a daughter knows a father. So I've been on that journey personally for a long time, and it really has revolutionized my relationship with God. And I've been preaching that message for decades now, and then understanding that when, you know, you preach that message, uh, in a fatherless generation, or where there 's a lot of broken images of fatherhood in the generation, then you have to address that because for a lot of people, you know they 've told me directly, I mean like literally word for word, "Hey, thanks for sharing all that, but if God is a father, and if he 's anything like my dad i 'm out." And so this book sort of stands in the in between helping us all see God the way he wants us to see him, relate to him the way he wants us to relate to him, but then to try to help repair and restore what might be broken in our earthly father relationship so that we can move forward in a new kind of relationship mm-hmm. with God.
2: I, I thought those were... Yeah the really powerful thoughts especially you know the idea of what we think about god is you know one of the most important things about us it like raises the stakes of of even a book like this that once you know that its ultimate desire is to allow people to see god in a context that is reflective of who he really is and not predicated on our own story, that God is consistent and he is love and he is forgiving, he is grace. And not only is the outcome, you know, help reframe our relationship with God and, and kind of our own motivations, but it can also help us have a proper understanding of relationships in our own lives, you know, including relationships with our own fathers and people in our lives. And here's what Louis had to say about that.
4: this is a big issue for all of us. You know, can I trust anyone after what my dad did to me? And I think that, you know, in this book, time and time again, I tried to lead all of us to the cross because that's the place where a few things are certain. (laughs) The fact that God loves us, it's certain at the cross. The fact that God doesn't ask us to sweep anything under the rug from our relationships with our fathers is certain god didn't sweep anything under the rug at the cross the fact that he's trustworthy that we can de- we can depend on him that's stamped in stone at the cross and so i try to lead people there and help them see and build a confidence in this god who's already given everything he has for them so that he could call them sons and daughters and build up from that help people reframe their identity And once people reframe their identity to try to take them the next step down the road, Jesse, and that's to see, okay, if I am a loved son or a loved daughter, if I have a new family tree and a new power source and a new relationship with God, then how can I tap into that to go back and be a revolutionary agent in the affairs of my life?
2: Hmm. I think one of the things that struck me about this conversation is like, how the repercussions of having a right view of God won't only transform your own life but can really help transform the lives of people around you because you know you, you start to treat them differently and 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 you know it it shows why understanding God as you know someone who is loving and does show grace can really help us live those things to other people when we understand it correctly. And, you know, one of the things he kind of talks about in the interview and in his book is how ultimately it kind of, you know, this framing of God as this loving, caring father can ultimately help us kind of rewrite our own stories. And here's what, here's how Louie explained that.
4: Man, if I could just sit with, you know, and I know this is a tough journey for a lot of people and I, I empathize with people who don't even want to go there But if I could just sit with them and say, listen, you are not a victim to divorce or dysfunction or abandon or whatever label has been put on you. You are a revolutionary agent in the power of God, and you are a part of a victory story and not just a part of a victim story. And I believe this is what the enemy is, you know, holding people down with, is the the past. And God is just beckoning all of us to step with him into the future.
2: The 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 other thing that, I, you know, I, I talked about with, with Louis as it pertains to the idea of God as a father is, you know, I want to get his thoughts on the story of the prodigal son, because I feel like when a lot of people think about God the Father— You know one of the things they think about is the illustration that jesus gave in that parable and louis had a really interesting observation about the father in that story that i think really showcases um the the nature and character of god and why that parable um is such a powerful metaphor to show us who god is And, and here's here's what he said about that
4: man i can't think of a more poignant and clarifying moment for him to show us the father i mean this father is is right in his indignation he would be just in his punishment at any level but yet he runs uh you know this just blew the minds of his of his listeners when he painted a picture of this dignified father running down the road and embracing his son and kissing him and looking past the the muck and the failure and the embarrassment and and then clarifying for us the gospel, which I, I think is the power of this story, that the gospel is not about being good or bad, it's about being dead or alive. And he says this time and time again, my son was dead, but he's alive again. And he was talking contextually, obviously, that, you know, he was dead to me the moment he told me, I wish he would die and give me the money. Um, but that's the parallel of the whole gospel. going from death to life, and so I think everything we need to know about God is in this story.
2: Yeah, it's it's hmm. it's a such such interesting thoughts, Eddie. I was kind of yeah. watching your face. What what did you think, kind of especially that last point of seeing God as this God who like pursues his lost children?
3: Well, I mean that is the. F- <laughs> That, like, that's the difficulty. I, I, I thought I just started thinking about my own like, yeah, I felt that and I felt pursued. And sometimes I felt like God is very distant. And as, when he said in that first point about you're filtering God through the lens of what, you know, as a father or, you know, having right. been fathered, like all of that starts to come into. I mean, it was just making me think about like, that's that's right. That's the difficult balance of. Uh, how do we really perceive the truth of God and how are we running all that through our own stuff? So that's yeah. just what I was thinking about as I was listening to it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, you know, I, I do think that there is that, that point that he made at the end, that God doesn't see us as good or bad. He sees us as dead right. and alive. You know, yeah. his, his children are either alive or they're dead and he wants us to experience life. And, uh, you know, that's ultimately what that, you know, the gospel is all about. But it's a, it's an awesome book. Uh, obviously, Louis is like we we're it's talking about. It's a great earlier. book.
1: I've read a bunch of it. It is really good. Yeah. He's just, and
2: he's a great teacher, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. like as good of a writer and communicator as he is, which he obviously is, he's got a massive following, but he's a great Bible teacher too. Yeah. So the book's called Not Forsaken. And uh, yeah, I definitely encourage people to check it out.
0: There you go. All right, that was Louis Giglio. Uh, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback and a little bit of Ask the Cast. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Hey, make sure to check out everything else we're doing at Relevant. Every day, uh, every weekday, we're bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture with our new 10-minute podcast called Relevant Daily. You can get that wherever you get your podcasts. We have our long-form interview podcast, um, unedited with Cameron Strang, um, featuring fascinating guests. Also, every day on the relevantmagazine.com, we're covering uh, the latest that you don't want to miss. And follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Relevant. We're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, all the platforms. Make sure to stay connected with everything we're doing here at Relevant. You're listening to Claro. The song is Bags. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Well, last week, we asked you who you would cast in a biopic about a notable Christian figure. Uh, The news had come out that they're doing a uh, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker movie. I don't know if you guys saw it. Jesse, did you see that they've announced that Elton John is part of a Tammy Faye Baker musical that's in development right now. Really, yeah. Elton yeah. John is involved in it. Yeah, Jay Baker, the son of Jim and Tammy Faye, yeah. Uh, yeah. put on Instagram this weekend. Well, it's an interesting, time, you know, and he put the, a clip of or the you know screenshot of the news about the movie and the musical that are wow. both in development right now. Uh, so we we got thinking about what other notable Christian figures deserve a biopic. Uh, who you would choose and who you would cast? You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and you posted on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites.
2: I like this suggestion from Carter because they've these two actors have already, you know, had a kind of weird crossover in the Left Behind series, but a Kurt Cameron biopic starring Nicolas Cage as Kurt Cameron. <laughs> Who's not watching that? Like yeah. literally I mean it checks a lot of boxes. Kurt Cameron fans are watching and just like the weird Nicolas Cage fans are watching. I, I think this is a win-win. I would totally I would totally see that movie.
0: Joel Joel said uh how about a satire about Joel Osteen starring Ben Stiller? Ben I think Stiller.
1: it'd be so interesting to see Ben Stiller be Joel Osteen. It's it's good casting.
0: My question would be I think the plot line would have to be kind of fictional because I you know I don't know that there's the compelling drama you know what i mean it would probably be Mm -hmm. a fictional i I don't even
2: know if it needs to be satire i would see an actual biopic of joel osteen you know starring ben stiller like (laughs) i would want to see ben stiller you know how like there's a lot of these comedians who do like jim carrey who do that dramatic role and you're like wow jim carrey can really act this is ben stiller's opportunity to to do a real dramatic role and i feel like joel osteen i don't really know about much about his biography but i feel like it's got to be kind of interesting you know Uh uh-huh uh,
1: I liked Ryan's he says that Jeff Daniels plays the earnest gospel loving pastor Jonathan Falwell, and Vince Vaughn plays his brother Jerry Jr. <laughs> in a Scotts Tots cringe fest about their family vac- vacation in Mexico.
0: <laughs> Ryan, Ryan had great. a bunch. Uh, yeah, Ryan was
3: really in a zone. I feel this like was he's got right a real day. gift.
1: Yeah, he was yeah. in it.
0: Yeah. yeah, he said another one Ryan said was uh, Christian Bale reprises his vice prosthetics to play James Dobson in a House of Cards style drama called Baby Christian about the machinations of the religious right prior to the 2016 election. I mean, wow. Ryan is just, wow. he's in the Matrix. I was yes. going to say, that's,
2: that's a legit Netflix series. Like, okay, I'm seeing that,
0: you know, Like yeah. that totally works. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a bunch but, more where those came yeah. from. You should check them out. Um, uh, mostly uh, Ryan's. Mostly Ryan's yeah, on the Twitter feed. <laughs> for,
2: like I said, Bryce got a real gift for this. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> so every once in a while, we we, we we flip it up a bit and we do an ask the cast. Well, last week we tweeted out, like, if you had any questions for the cast, hit us up. And you guys did not disappoint. There were a million questions that came in. Uh, here are a few. I'll, I'll lob them to the team. Um,
1: okay. Ready.
0: Okay, so Tate asked. I've worked for a Christian camp for the last five years. That seems like a long time to work for a Christian camp. Next That's Thursday great. is my last day. Oh wow! How do you guys think I should go out? Oh, wow. mm.
1: That gate that you haven't gone out for the last five years, go out that one. That's yeah. how you go out, listen, buddy.
2: Listen, <laughs> burn. Burn every bridge. <laughs> and funny, I mean, yeah. literally. I mean, and just am with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, you've worked there for five years, you've done what you've needed to do there clearly. Yeah. The time has come to go down in a, in a blaze of glory. And and I think I think what he needs to do is assert his authority. He needs to go lord of the flies on this situation. Mm-hmm. Just assor- assert your authority over the entire camp. You know? Just become just raise up an army of campers to take mm-hmm. over that place. You know? Eddie, I feel like you're kind of on the same page with me here.
3: Oh yeah. I, I think it's a slow walk around the camp on your last day. You've got your, your big backpack on with all of your stuff. Yeah. You just walk walk into the cook I you've never made a meal that I've liked in five years and then walk out (laughs) you walk up you know to the to the person that's in charge of the waterfront you are absolutely terrible at your job and everybody thinks you're you're terrible at it and then you just walk away I
2: would burn bridges hard I would go to the person that's leading worship every night at this camp and go you rock very softly how yeah. does that feel? Mm-hmm. How <laughs> does that feel? You know, like a tuner. <laughs> yeah, I, would go, I feel like Ernest goes to camp in my takeover. Like I'm parachuting in snapping turtles that are going to, uh-huh. you know, bite all the other counselors. Hey, just a full on takeover. That's what you need to do, Tate. If, it, the, if you don't own this camp by, after five years of working there, then it needs to be a hostile takeover. Do what uh-huh. you need to do.
0: Uh, ben asked, what was your favorite childhood memory? What made it so memorable?
1: Just oh, wow.
0: Quitting this oh. camp I
3: worked at for five years.
1: Just
0: <laughs> burning bridges. Oh, yeah,
3: some this, freedom.
2: The satisfaction when I told that worship leader just how soft he rocked us. Oh, it, I think about mm. it every night before I oh, go to sleep. God. Just a really fun memory. <laughs> Annie, I, mean, your... I feel like it
1: was you and I having this conversation, but uh, there's a teacher, a pastor who talks about um, the, our favorite memories from childhood are us having these moments of Eden, and we spend our lives looking for that again. Mm. And so your favorite moment from childhood is actually really important you guys as much as you joke around because mm-hmm. it reminds you some some something about God that you haven't found anywhere else um but my answer is I used to um love my grandmother we had like um grapevines at our house and picking the grapes with my grandmother it used to be like one of my very favorite things in the summer would be go out and pick the muscadine grapes so that's, that's my funny.
2: answer oh, yeah are, mine is,
3: similar i mean i think i went to the grand canyon as a kid and that was really moving i feel like that was the first time i ever had like an experience that i that there might be something other than myself in the world but i also think just like Uh swimming in my grandma's pool and she would make lemonade and hang out at her pool there's just the sweetest moments ever so that's why i always this time of year even though florida is wretchedly hot hanging out by the pool all day just feels right like like i should be doing it yeah. Right. I, I remember right. one
2: time it was like around Christmas and this one like just meant, means a lot to me when I think back is, you know, my parents. I'm not we're, even we're listening. All go, yeah, yeah, to France. Not even, it's, it's just I've we're known this guy go to for too long. And, you know, I got in a big uh, <laughs> beef with my cousin Biff about uh, yeah, yeah, buzz yeah, yeah, about uh yeah, some did. pizza the night before. Is uh-huh. the whole thing. And yeah. Anyway, long <laughs> story <laughs> short, they ended up leaving me behind. And I just had so many booby traps to see. To see those robbers get hit with paint cans, it was
0: just a great time in my childhood.
1: Right, you know. right. Oh,
2: really well-positioned booby traps.
0: <laughs> uh, Rachel asked, what words of wisdom do you wish your younger self had? I would say not everything matters as much as you think it does.
3: I was like, yeah. Way everything was way bigger deal when I was a kid.
0: Yeah. Or a yeah. young man, or a couple months ago. <laughs> I, I do, I do <laughs> notice that as life goes on, the things that are crises when you're younger uh-huh. are just eye roll worthy as yeah. as you get older yeah. and you've yeah. dealt with actual <laughs> important things yeah. especially yeah. especially right. does anyone feel bamboozled
2: by grades Just like the whole idea of, hey, you gotta keep your grades up. (laughs) Guess what? No one cares what your grades were in college. I don't even know if there's a way to check that. Like, I don't know if after you graduate college, if your employer can go and check your GPA. I really, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. But from my experience. I can tell you
0: as somebody who has received hundreds and hundreds of applicants, uh, applications every year from people looking for employment, they will Uh list their education. I don't care what your GPA is. Th- thank I mean, you. It, the fact that you have a degree, it's like okay. It's more about your portfolio of work that you have done since then. I don't care prior to graduation what you did.
2: Hey, that, no, grades your are one thing doesn't that matter. Uh, zero. High school,
1: high school doesn't oh, wow. even really matter, especially Definitely if you go to matters. Christian
2: college. A lot of those Christian colleges, listen, there's some really prestigious ones, but be a lot careful.
1: They're a big sponsor here. They, those Christian colleges, are well, quite I, the sponsor. I'm here. talking
2: about ones that don't allow children to dance, and yeah. those, okay. are, those, are, those are children. Those are the ones who are lining our pockets, Annie. So <laughs> according uh, to Dan
0: Hasselbeck, <laughs> uh,
2: no, but it's like a lot of colleges you're going to get into, like if you if you did reasonably well in high school. I feel like. Parents are always stressing their kids over making good grades, whether in high school or in college. But from my experience, it really didn't matter that much. I probably wish I would have known that and I wouldn't have... I'm sure certain
0: degrees like law, medicine, whatever, your class ranking matters. That'll affect what kind of post-graduation opportunities open to you because the cream of the crop firms are looking for the cream of the crop students. I'm sure that that stuff matters. But general undergrad... It, like for us in the creative field, I mean, it's like, it really is about your portfolio. Are you a talented creative or yeah. are you a good writer and and different things? Y- your degree just is like your point of entry. But then what did you do after that is what we're looking at. Yeah, but, exactly. But, you know, I guess different trades are different. We, Annie, do you have an answer for that one? What you wish you knew?
1: I, th- no, I think you guys kind of covered it. I think, yeah, I think you covered it.
3: I wish you I bet you wish you had told yourself about that hair thing earlier. That's the (laughs) one that you used.
1: Apparently y'all wish I'd have told myself that's a hair thing earlier. Which three men having a big vote on hair makes me want to keep doing my hair like
2: this. I wish I had known that it wasn't necessary to wash your legs when I was young. Because I mean if I add up all the time I've spent washing my legs (laughs) in my life, I I mean that's like
0: three weeks of extra time I would have that are just flushed away from my youth. So Oh. Uh, Susan asked what's your best travel tip for 15 hour flights best travel tip for 15 hour flights.
1: bring your own water bottle and fill it up before you get on the plane
0: oh why Oh, you get uh, dehydrated. Because then you don't
1: have to ask for water as much. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. And
1: you need to stay the trick to surviving that long of a flight is staying hydrated, hydrated. the whole time and yeah. so you need to drink a lot while you're on a plane. Hey,
2: Annie, you know this is a fifteen hour flight, not a fifteen day trek to the Amazon. Like the <laughs> trick to making it through. I didn't is say Jesse, you hasn't like had
3: a- Jesse hasn't had water since Ot 4. He doesn't yeah. believe in it. <laughs> water.
2: Yeah. I thought we'd do complimentary Sprite in here. I'll just get another one of those. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Now, y'all, with your fancy tips, Mister Fifteen Hours. I uh I mean,
2: honestly, have like one of those little batteries that you can plug your phone into because there's nothing worse on one of those flights yeah. where you're watching Thirty Rock reruns and realize you're at like ten percent and you still have yeah. eleven hours.
3: That's so why I fly Delta. Phone. Yeah. Fully full. I download a full complement of entertainment on your own device because you can never trust the Wi-Fi or. uh the movies and those planes.
2: And if yeah. and if that doesn't work, strike up a conversation with your neighbor, and it'll make Ugh. that fifteen hours just oh fly my right gosh. by. Fifth, fly, that would fly take
3: right a fifteen-hour flight and make it into a ninety-hour flight.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one. Uh, Tate asked, "What's your proudest moment? Also, what's your most embarrassing or least proud moment?"
1: Gosh, I loved the Sunday. I love the Sunday morning at my church here at Cross Point where I got to introduce our new pastor to the congregation. Like I was the, I was teaching that Sunday and brought him out for the first time. I'm not sure it's my, like, I'm not sure I'm proud of that as much as when I think back on my life, that will be one of the most important things I ever got to do.
2: Yeah. I, one of my more embarrassing one was actually that same weekend, that Christmas I was telling you guys about. And I had assumed this guy who lived down the street who appeared to be homeless was a weird, scary guy, but he turned out to be a hero all along. And I was. Very embarrassed when he came to my rescue and smacked the robbers with that snow shovel. I was just humiliated, but I learned a good lesson. You know? It's so weird. Why do
1: I ever tell the truth?
2: I know. But you got to just wait because you never
3: know what you never know what direction it's going to go. Yeah, I'm yet. I'm yet to have a proud moment. I <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I know it's. I know it's not vocational. There are things that I've been proud of vocationally, but those aren't the things I'm most proud of. I mean, I, yeah, I think that's right.
1: I feel the same way. It's
3: more of like a generalized. Like I have a really good relationship with my children and wife. I feel very proud of that, but I don't know if there's
2: like a moment in that. Yeah, it's a tough one. Tate, you stumped uh, us.
1: Yeah. yeah apparently. Good job. Good job. Tate. Tate. You brought apparently, the podcast Tate. to a halt. Thanks
2: a lot. Too good All right.
0: Question. Last question. Okay. Thano says, how is Jesse not a professional athlete? Asked the cast.
1: Thanos <sighs> said that.
0: Yeah. Who's, who's to say he isn't. Yeah, exactly.
2: What, no, uh, what why we don't know about this, man. I I mean, yeah, as far as you know Thanos, I'm not a professional athlete. You know, it could have gone either way numerous times, but um yeah, I mean, it's it I wake I wake up every day and ask myself that question. How am I not a professional athlete? It's it's baffling and very troubling to me too, Thanos. So Fans. I don't know if that, know if that helps.
0: But. All right. That's uh, that's it for uh, Ask the Cast. It's time for this week's
4: editorial question of the week. Hey.
0: Okay. Uh, earlier in the show, we told you about our breaking coverage of the CCM Supergroup. Do they have a name, by the way?
2: Yeah, it's very original. It's called the CCM All-Star Review. Oh my God, it is not. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> that's what it is. The CCM All-Star Review. That's the name of it.
0: It is not. Yeah, I got to tell you, come up with
2: behind the scenes. We had to cut
3: Jesse's first answer because it's so inflammatory. (laughs) The fact that the second real answer is just a nicer answer. (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's all they could come up with,
3: you know. Uh, well, if they're calling yeah, themselves no. the CCM All-Star Review, they've got to settle in down.
0: Light of, uh, <laughs> in light of that news, uh, we were thinking about other CCM supergroups that should form. Uh, so we want to know your suggestions. So hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post on the podcast episode page at relevantmags.com and answer the question, what would be your CCM supergroup that you'd like to see form? There and you give go. them
2: a good name, not, not CCM All-Star. Yeah, yeah. So Something
0: members... Good. Genre and and the name of the group.
1: This will be so fun! I can't wait to see the answers.
2: Members' uh, name of the group and then how softly they rock. The, just let us know those <laughs> on a, a that scale of good. one to ten. Yeah. How softly? They <laughs> Which rock.
1: way is the right answer? Do you want to be closer to the one? Is that softer?
2: I mean that's a, that's a matter of opinion, you know. Yeah. I mean,
1: it doesn't <laughs> one, need to be a matter of opinion because people one are about would, to give us scores.
0: One would be the least amount of rock, the most soft. Ten would be the most rock, the least soft, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 Like the far end of the spectrum is—it's like Michael McDonald. Is,
0: it, no the on. far
2: end, the far end of the rock is—is—is is, is Flood is—that's about as hard as you can rock softly, right? No, yeah. no, no,
0: no. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, but, but what about like Striper and and all that, or, or yeah, what Stripe, about like one of
1: the guys in Whiteheart? Flood's a five, right
2: in the middle. Floods a solid five. That's right. That's okay. Floods. Flood is the yeah is the midway. Floods a
1: five, and what's a one? Give us a give us a good spectrum.
2: Sandy Patty. Yeah, as the deer. You know, something like that. As the deer, one
1: is as the deer.
2: As the deer, okay. Uh, okay. One is as the deer. Is five is flood. Five is flood. Uh, Ten is to the hell with the devil deer. by Striper. Uh, there we go. Okay,
1: great. The keys coming to solid
2: six. <laughs> I, w- I would put. I would put the song Jesus Freak oh. about a seven and a half. Fair.
4: Yeah, okay. a half. Yeah. Wow.
2: Really? Yeah. Only a seven and a half. Oh my goodness. Well, it, yeah, wow. because it, it's like kind of fake hard rock. Well, because when you do that doing doing a hard rock impression that's right yeah that's where right. Would you put. Much harmony
3: in a song it's not that hard yeah. where would you put ska like the supertones and stuff
2: gosh um, i really liked them about a six i would put yeah, them just above i'm flood. with you i would put okay. them just about flood i mean because it's hard to rock very hard with horns <laughs> Like, that's yeah. a pretty, <laughs> like, if you have yeah. a brass section, you're only rocking so hard. Yeah. We're going to cap you at about a oh six, gosh. you know, okay. five cap- iron supertones. We'll put you about a I six. I put Dakota Motor
3: Company, I think, would be a nice seven, <laughs> if anybody remembers. No, no, no. They're <laughs> no. more like a four. If you are going seven,
2: we're more in, like, we're, we're getting to, like, POD territory. Oh, know? yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. POD is like an eight or a nine, dude. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. If Jesus Freak is the 7, then P.O.D. has to be the 8. But Dakota Motor Company is like a 4, though. Early Switchfoot is 6, 7, then. Yeah. Yeah, there we go.
0: Your pop sensibilities hold it right in the flood range, right? Yeah, That's true. That's true.
2: Yeah, huh. it's tough. It's tough. This you know, is a explain, great question of the week. Explain your number when when you when you do this, because this is a very nuanced question.
0: Yeah. Very nuanced. So your CCM supergroup would include what people? What would they be called? And where are they on the one to ten soft to rock spectrum? Remember, the spectrum is to hell with the devil and as the deer. So
2: tell us where they <laughs> fall in there.
0: All right. Well, many thanks to Louis Giglio for joining us. His new book, Not (laughs) Forsaken, is out now. You can also follow him on Twitter at Louis Giglio. Also, thanks to Squarespace for making the episode possible. Remember, go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you are ready to launch your website, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Well on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Eddie Koffoltz.
1: I'm Annie F. Downs.
0: We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone.
1: Thank you
4: for listening to the Relevant Podcast. dark sky all around can't feel my feet touching the ground
2: you rock very softly how does that feel
4: relevant podcast network
0: what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas